Hello, my friends. Thank you so, so much for choosing to join me on this TGIF. Yes, TGIF. We've got to be thankful for every single day that we're given. And friends, I could not tell you how much uh, that truly hit me hard this week as, um, as my dad was diagnosed with COVID-19. And uh, I'm actually in California right now. I flew out here as soon as I heard. And he is in the category that is considered high risk. He is in an individual that deals with hypertension, that deals with uh, other health issues that I won't talk about since it is my father. But um, he's somebody that is in that high risk category. So to hear that he is in the hospital with COVID-19 uh, was very alarming to me. So prayers are very, very much appreciated. And I'll get into more of that uh, towards the end of the show. But um, thank you for choosing to spend a little bit of your day with this brother right here. There's other stuff in the news, but as I say, as I begin almost every show, we've got to be thankful for every single day that we're given. And that truly, truly, uh, again, like I said, hit home for me this week. So we've got other stuff in the news. I'll come back and I'll give you an update on my father towards the end of the show. But thank you for choosing to spend a little bit of your day with this brother right here on Facebook. They're being nice to me still. we got to be thankful for that. Please, if you have not already, hit the share button right now on Facebook. It'll go a long way, hopefully, to wake somebody up. Hopefully, it's one of your friends or family members. Maybe it's somebody else's friend or family members. But we all hope and pray for any individual, especially our friends and family, that have been sucked into the absolute trap that is the mainstream media, the liberal mainstream media. Even Fox is putting out reports that make you really suspect exactly what their motives are. We hope as many family and friends wake up as possible and I know that my show and my news and what I bring to you guys uh, and gals is breaking through. I got to hear from some of the individuals that uh, I got to meet this last week. I was in Tulsa, Oklahoma for the president's uh, rally. And I was also in Arizona for the president's rally with students uh, for Trump. And that was amazing. And I got to see so many people that recognized me, that knew me, that have shared my videos, shared my news with friends, with family and they've woken up, and uh, that was truly amazing. If you're on Twitter, please hit the retweet right now. My YouTube family, thank you so, so much for chiming in, and if you're listening, my mic's up there now, if you're listening to this broadcast via the David J. Harris Jr. podcast, thank you so much for helping my podcast climb the charts and be, uh, be known as somebody that's bringing truth, bringing news, and waking people up. Please share this podcast with 10, 15, 20 friends and help me spread the word. And if you're not already subscribed to my podcast, Search David J. Harris Jr. on your favorite podcast platform. All right, let's get into the news today, and I'll talk to you again more about my dad and how he's doing uh, and what, the, what is currently taking place with his COVID-19 um, positive uh, results. I'll bring more of that to you guys at the end of the show. Americans are fed up. Americans in Seattle are fed up. And why does it take Americans getting fed up to, to actually do something before their mayor does something? Mayor Durkin should absolutely have already done something uh, it's, it's ridiculous to me that she has allowed this absolute travesty of justice to go on for as long as she has, yet that's exactly what she has done. Well, business owners uh, in Seattle, residents and business owners are absolutely fed up and they're suing the city for endorsing and enabling lawless behavior and this lawless zone called CHOP Zone. Businesses and individuals inside what was previously known as CHAWS, they keep changing the name, they can't figure out what they want to be called, now they're called CHOP. They're suing the city of Seattle over Mayor Jenny Durkin's decision to allow the mob rule within the six square block that is being occupied. Durkin labeled it a block party. 
Yeah, tell that to the many people inside of uh, the Chop Cha Zone, the Anarchy Zone, that have been uh, succumbed to uh, violent attacks. Rapes have happened in there, and someone has lost his life. If even she finally decided to remove Chop after four people inside Chop were shot, one fatally. But prior to that, Police Chief Carmen Best had said that there had been rapes and robberies inside of the Chop Zone and that Black Lives Matter and Antifa were extorting money from businesses to remain open. The suit was filed in the United States District Court for Western District of Washington. The suit calls for unspecified damages to be determined by the court. It is unprecedented that a mayor of a U.S. city would abandon businesses and individuals in the name of political correctness. And that's exactly what it is. It's all about her PC culture that she's trying to emulate. I could see Durkin try for I could see her tried for treason, friends. I, I literally could in a perfect world. But in a perfect world, there wouldn't be anybody siding with the Democrat Party because uh, there's just too many individuals that uh, are not about anything that's good for America. They're actually anti-American. Well, this one individual in Seattle absolutely had had enough. He, uh, I don't understand why there's not more individuals like this in Seattle that, that aren't going specifically to these chop zones and literally letting the people know exactly what they think. The Seattle citizen hero fed up with the chop starts dismantling it when others try to stop him. This article is coming from my new news website, djhjmedia.com. Please uh, remember that website, djhjmedia.com, and visit it regularly. This uh, article right here has the video, and there's my book. For those of you that haven't got it yet, why I couldn't stay silent, it's definitely a must-read. Uh, but this individual actually took it upon himself to go into the chop zone and begin dismantling it. An unknown man is being celebrated by many for showing the world his frustration with downtown Seattle's Capitol Hill-occupied protest autonomous zone. I've actually got the video here for you. Uh, this is uh, not PG. The language in this video is definitely not PG. If there's any little kids in the room that you don't want to hear uh, some some language, this guy's upset and the people there are trying to stop him. But this is the man actually going in and doing what so many, I think millions of Americans would also like to do. Somebody, somebody give that man an award. Are you kidding me? Doing exactly what I think so many other Americans. I, I'm surprised that there's not already been an absolute uprising of patriotic Americans or just business owners, residents that are absolutely up upset. They just, they're pissed off. They've had it. They've, they've had it with these, uh, these criminals that are literally debasing and destroying property and keeping business owners from conducting their daily lives. Uh, it, it's just, it's, 
it's disgusting, and I'm thankful that at least that man got in and out of there, at least got a chance to show America how he feels. How many other Americans out there feel the exact same way? Well, they're, these politicians, again, again, mostly Democrat politicians, I think they could just care less. They, they see this as a middle finger to the president. They see this as a win for their socialist ideologies that they'd love to have running our country. They see this as their opportunity to stay silent uh, and allow anarchy literally to flood the streets. Uh, it's absolutely disgusting and disgraceful to me that it's happening. Hopefully Americans are waking up and realizing that it is pretty much one-sided. One, one it's Democrats that are doing this. And here's another reality check. For all the people out there that think this has anything whatsoever to do with Black Lives or Black Lives Matter, the organization, which are two completely different things, the notion, the, the mention that Black Lives Matter is obviously who's going to argue with that? All lives matter, including black, brown, yellow, red. doesn't matter what color you are, white. It does not matter. Yet, you'd think that uh, if this was actually a movement of black lives for protesting for the su su supposed police uh, brutality uh, on, on unarmed black individuals, you'd think that there'd be a lot more black folks that were actually rallying uh, and, and being the criminals. But it's come to our attention, for, again, from my news source, DJHJ Media, Reality Check, only 17% of protesters are black Americans. Get out of here. Really? 17%? Don't you think it'd be more like 80 or 90% and then uh, some other people that are just jumping on the bandwagon? No, 17%, friends. Uh, only 17% are actually black Americans. For most Americans, the events of the past six weeks have been disturbing, absolutely disturbing. The 24-hour news cycle and social media posts have presented the narrative that most black Americans, it's mostly black America, is protesting, some rioting in the streets in pursuit of social justice, justice for innocent black men who were killed by the racist white police officers for housing uh, for housing discrimination, poor schools, and a lack of job opportunities. Couldn't be further from the truth, though. We actually have more opportunities today in this hour and in this moment in history uh, than we've ever had. As, an, as understandable as these demands appear to be, a reasonable American uh, of every ethnicity would agree that all Americans should be treated equally and, uh, and the outcome must be based must be based on our individual talents and effort. It always comes back to how much effort do you put into something will, I believe, determine how much you get out of anything. There are differences between how uh, to interpret some of the data and opportunities for each demographic, but the way you improve as a nation has never been done through violence. That's just not the answer. The reality is the majority of those protesting, rooting, and, and rioting, uh, looting and rioting, destroying statues, attacking innocent Americans, etc., are actually non-black individuals, so-called social justice warriors, who are using the deaths of George Floyd as uh, and Rashad Brooks to advance open society's Marxist agenda. And make no mistake about it, that's exactly what it is. Even the leaders, the co-founders of Black Lives Movement, the Black Lives Matter Foundation, have said that they are openly about Marxists. They hate this country. They they hate the capitalistic uh, system that this country runs and operates off of, and they would love to actually just burn it down. And that's exactly what Hawk Newsom uh, has said. Hawk Newsom was, uh, I'm, I'm surprised, ho hopefully he, well, I'm surprised that he got out of the studios, the Fox News studios, as early as he did. But Hawk Newsom is a leader. He's one of the leaders of Black Lives uh, Matter movement out of New York. And this is what he had to say, part of what he had to say. what we want, then we will burn down this system and replace it 
all right? And I could be speaking phys- phys- uh, figuratively. I could be speaking literally. It's a matter of interpretation. Like, No. No, it's not a matter of interpretation, Hawk Newsom. It's not a matter of that because that's exactly what's taking place all across the country. People are literally burning things down, burning businesses down, burning neighborhoods down. Black communities are being destroyed because of this so-called social justice movement uh, that you represent. Hawk Newsom, you're a fraud. You know the truth. You know the facts. Let me give you some of the facts. Ten unarmed black men were shot and killed last year. Ten unarmed black individuals, most of the men, were shot and killed last year in 2019. Five of those individuals were attacking the police when it happened. One of those individuals, it was ruled an accident, and out of the other four, out of the other four individuals that died, two of the uh, two of the in- individuals, the officers involved, were brought up on criminal charges. So, no, there's not an epidemic of black men being shot by and killed by police. If you go back to 2015, there were 38 black men that were shot, unarmed black men that were shot and killed by police. That was under Barack Obama's presidency. There wasn't rioting and looting in the streets like we see today. No, there was an uprising, and Barack actually did. He actually came out and addressed the issue, more so than Joe Biden has done. And let me give you one more figure. 7,407, that's the number of black Americans that were shot and killed in 2018, 90% of them, over 90% of them, shot and killed at the hands of other black individuals. Now, don't tell me it's because they live in the vicinity. Don't tell me it's because they're only shooting and robbing their neighbors. I don't think they care less who they shoot and they rob. The epidemic is, what is what the facts and the data shows, it is black on black crime. It is a culture, I think, uh, I think empowered and emboldened by the music that so much of the black community listens to, that glorifies a lot of very negative stuff, glorifies guns, glorifies uh, shooting, glorifies literally killing and murdering, what other part of society, what other musical genre, it glorifies so many evil things like like the black community has, like black hip-hop has, this rap music. There's definitely an issue going on, but rioting, looting, and this criminal behavior of burning things down, you're not protesters. You're thugs. And you know what? I'd like to hear Joe Biden acknowledge that. The guy that is presumably running for uh, you know, the, the presumed Democrat nominee for President of the United States. Where has Joe Biden been on this issue? Well, I'm going to show you exactly what Barack Obama had to say. And uh, the fact that uh, Donald Trump is, is, is being blasted for saying exactly pretty much what Obama said uh, just shows you exactly how hypocritical mainstream media is. A handful of protesters, uh, a handful of uh, criminals uh, and thugs. Criminals uh, and thugs. There's no excuse for the kind of violence that we saw yesterday. Um, it is counterproductive. Uh, when individuals get crowbars and start prying open doors to loot, uh, they're not protesting, they're not making a statement, they're stealing. When they burn down a building, they're committing arson. That is not a protest. That is not a statement. It's people, a handful of people taking advantage of a situation for their own purposes, and uh, they need to be treated as criminals. Yes, they need to be treated as criminals. So think about that. For Barack Obama, a Democrat, 
that was the President of the United States, a black man. He won twice. For every individual that says there's systemic racism, I think that is a, uh, I think that's a big slap in the face. How, if there's systemic racism, could America elect a black man as president twice? It wouldn't happen. It wouldn't be allowed to happen. Yet Obama, thankfully at least, comes out in, in that one instance. Now, I know he glorified Black Lives Matter. He, he promoted them. He invited them to the White House. He honored them. I think that shows you exactly what really is inside the hearts of the Democrat Party. Yet for him to actually say that and be bold, bold enough to say that, that it, they are criminals, uh, he wasn't endorsing the rioting and the looting, although I think maybe behind the scenes he was like, sure, burn it down. He probably shared the sentiment that Hawk Newsom just shared. He probably shared the exact same sentiment that uh, Mayor Durkin shared. It's why she's allowing it to happen. And it's interesting to me, is it making sense to anybody else that the amount of politicians that are allowing this to happen, the majority of them, almost all of them, are on one political side of the aisle? Hopefully, friends, that uh, makes you want to wake up and make sure that we do not support these individuals. We don't give them more keys to different areas and aspects of our country, and we absolutely don't give them the ultimate keys to the Oval Office. That needs to be reserved for somebody that actually cares about America. Thank God we've got that right now with Donald J. Trump. Well, we've got um, we got to be thankful for this as well. Uh, there is some actions that's being taken. It should be happening at the local and the state level against these individuals, but we can at least be thankful that uh, A.G. Barr says we are going to prosecute. Videos involved in the attack on President Jackson's statue are being reviewed and it's not just this statue but it's more of them as well ag bar says that the doj is in the process of examining the videos from the left's attempts to pull down the statue of andrew uh, jackson near the white house bar says that they're working to identify the suspects i think that's why so many suspects don't want to be recorded anymore uh, identify the suspects and once they do he plans on prosecuting them to the fullest extent of the law Barr told Senator Ted Cruz that the DOJ has already scores of indictments uh, filed against the far-left criminals who participated in the violent riots that took place all across the country, and they are not done yet. Bill Barr added, obviously, we're going to prosecute. Videos, videos of those involved in the attack on President Jackson's statue are being reviewed. These violent rioters got away with murder in 2014 during the Michael Brown riots, and the Congressional Black Caucus humiliated themselves when they would uh, raise their arms in unison and say, hands up, don't shoot. And some Democrats continue to do that even to this day. I'm thankful prosecutions are coming. I'm thankful that we've got the amount of videos that we've got. And uh, I, I hear and I've seen some video proof that some individuals unsuspectingly are being watched. They're being followed. And I even saw one video of two FBI vans, non uh, a very discreet vans, nothing posted, nothing that said they were anything other than just an unmarked uh, minivan rolling up and throwing one individual right in the van because they knew exactly who she was. And there's a whole lot more of that coming, I believe, for all of you out there that think you're getting away with literally uh, murder and chaos against us and against our country. We can all be thankful for that. Where is Hawk Newsom and where is all the, where are all these Black Lives Matter groups when it's not just black Americans, but it's young black Americans. We had to report last, uh, I think it was Monday actually, I reported that a three-year-old little boy lost his life in uh, Chicago. Well, a 13-year-old girl was dancing with her mother. Dancing with her mother when she was shot in home by a stray bullet in Chicago. Does her black life matter? 
to every single person that's out there rioting, that's looting, that's endorsing this criminal behavior? Did that life of that 13-year-old little black girl, did it matter? Why don't you take your, your activities, your protests, why don't you take it to downtown Chicago? Take it to the streets and the blocks in Chicago where there's ruthless killing on a daily basis. Go down there and riot. Go down there and protest. Go down there and show them and share with them that you're, you've had enough if black lives really matter to you. Well, I don't think they, they do. It doesn't fit the narrative, so they probably won't. Saturday night, 13-year-old Amaria Jones was happily dancing with her mother, and then she was taken. Her life was taken from her in an, in an instant. Authorities concluded that a stray bullet fired from outside her Chicago home struck the young lady in the neck. She was showing me this dance called TikTok. The last moments of her life. She was showing me her, this dance, probably on TikTok, Jones' mother, LaWanda Jones, told the local TV in Chicago. I turned around and she was look, and was looking for her, and she was on the ground, reaching out like this, holding her neck. The last thought I have of my baby is her reaching out with blood gushing from her neck. If black lives really mattered, direct your attention to these cities that are Democrat controlled, that have very strict gun laws, yet there are plenty of criminals out on the loose, doing whatever they want, shooting anywhere they want, and innocent individuals' lives are being taken from them and their families. The last image that mother has is her daughter reaching out to her with blood gushing out her neck. Please don't tell me that black lives matter when you're not, when you're not addressing, even open to talking about or mentioning the many, hundreds, even thousands every single year of black lives that die mercilessly, pointless. There's no reason to it. Stop your pandering and stop using black lives as the reason that you want to protest. It's false. You're fake. It's a facade. You hate this country. You're Marxist. And you all should be rounded up and arrested. I like that 10-year penalty for anybody that's out causing, uh, uh, causing havoc and, and rioting, looting. I like that, that the president put in place. So, so sad. Absolutely sad. Well, when it comes to what the Democrats are still just pushing and promoting, they seem to have a similar talking narrative. It's, a, it's, a, it's almost a, like they've been given the exact same words and phrases to use. We need to reimagine policing. Have you heard that yet? It's not coming from just one pundit. It's not just coming from one politician. It seems to be coming from all of them. The exact same words. That share the goals of reimagining policing. Reimagining policing in the 21st century. 
rethinking and reimagining policing. Community efforts to reimagine policing. To reimagine policing. We have to reimagine what policing looks like. Reimagining policing, reimagining our public safety. Reimagine a citizen-led approach. You can begin to reimagine law enforcement. Reimagine public safety in this country. What can we do to reimagine public safety? Reimagining public safety. To reimagine public safety. We must reimagine what public safety looks like. Really? You sound like a bunch of parrots. Yeah, you, Kamala Harris, you're, you're saying it, you're reading, but uh, all of you, you've had these talking points. You've said the exact same thing. How is it that all of you came up with the exact same phrasing? Unless those talking points, those specific phrases were given to you. Well, that's exactly how it happens. You're told what to say. You're told how to say it. You're told, uh, you're, you're, you're told exactly what to share. I don't think really any of you actually have your own opinions on anything. You're all a part of a propagandist network trying to brainwash us, the American people, and push the narrative that you want. Reimagine policing. Why would we need to reimagine policing? You know, I read a study that showed that only 0.26 of all interactions with the police led to an officer actually needing to pull out his weapon. Only 0.02 of those, uh, but baton was actually pulled out. So when, when there's so few instances where we see issues, uh, instances like George Floyd lose his life at the hand, hands of a cop, which again was never deemed racist. It was a power-hungry cop that had problems in a history of using excessive force and shouldn't have held a badge. Why in the world would we need to reimagine policing? I think more body cams are necessary. I think the executive order that the president actually just enacted, something that Obama didn't do, when the, the numbers were far, far worse underneath his reign, it was, we could literally say it was a reign of terror, I believe. Uh, he, didn't he didn't sign any executive orders. Executive, uh, uh, he didn't take any executive action to help change what's happening with our police departments. Donald Trump did that. Yes, and President Obama, you had eight years to do something about prison reform, specifically for the mass incarceration that was an effort led by Joe Biden, the guy that's currently running to become president. Uh, Obama, you didn't do anything in your eight years. Donald Trump and his administration did. They made sure they got prison reform passed. So for anybody out there that thinks that these Democrats and these politicians actually care, I don't even think they care what happens. I think they're pushing a narrative. Hopefully that video right there. Open your eyes a little bit. They're parrots. They're puppets. They're told what to say. As long as it fits the narrative of fundamentally changing and transforming this country. Exactly what Obama said. It's exactly what their agenda is. And that, uh, that America reimagined is an America where we're all under socialist rule. And then just let's just take it full-blown to communism. And you better understand that churches and anybody with any religious religious freedoms, oh, that'll be taken from you as well. Because the God, God must become your government. The government must become your God. And anybody that worships anything else, well, you're a threat to that reimagined America. I don't think we need to reimagine our police in any way, shape, or form. Well, here's something that I think is pretty alarming that we better be aware of and, and pay attention to. I truly believe the only way that President Trump will not win re-election is if voter fraud goes unfound out and unchecked. 
That's exactly what could happen. Court brief, 23,000 dead registered voters could get mail-in ballots in California. I know, I know, we shouldn't be worried about California, but you got to go district by district. There's a whole lot of individuals in districts in California that shouldn't have had uh, their district turn blue, yet they did. California continues to be the poster child for mail-in voter fraud. Governor Gavin Newsom signed a bill into law that requires the state to send ballots to every single voter in the state. That included 23,000 dead people. Yeah. And an old untold number of illegal aliens whom the state registered under their motor voter laws. You see the connections here? Yeah, let's let them get IDs and licenses. And oh, now they're in there? Let's send them all uh, a ballot. To make matters worse, they will accept any mail-in ballot up to 17 days after the election. Yeah, tell me that's not right for voter fraud. This is perfect for the Democrats who perpetrate voter fraud much more often than they represent America's interests. Now they will know exactly how many votes they need to manufacture in close and not so close races and elections to win. It is a practice that Broward County, Florida has been using for years. Democrats may never lose another election in California. And believe me, California is just the testing ground. If they can get away with it in California, I bet you better believe they're going to try to get away with it in every other Democrat-controlled state. That's why we've got to vote red and we've got to vote rhinos out. We've got to vote for the individuals that actually stand up for our values and our interests. Well, we've got, um, we've got Joe Biden. That uh, oh, I got one more on voter fraud. I, I got one more on voter fraud I want to show you. New Jersey Republicans received misprinted ballots with Democrat candidates listed instead. Oh, how's that for, uh, for there's no such thing as voter fraud? Republicans living in Bernardsville, New Jersey, received Republican primary ballots with all Democrat candidates. <laughs> Boy, they're going to try anything and everything. Between five and 700 Republicans were affected. Democrats have always believed that they had the right to vote for anyone that pleases them. They also believe that you have the right to vote for anyone that pleases them, but if you vote for, uh, but not if you vote for somebody else. If you vote for somebody else, well, then you're a racist and a white supremacist. You are beneath contempt and you don't deserve to live is pretty much what they think about us. Karen Gardner, the chairwoman of the Ber Bernardsville Republican Municipal Committee said, the, state, the slate of candidates was all Democrat from Joe Biden down to dog catcher. But on the upper right, it clearly stated it was a Republican ballot. And it had my name and correct information on the return envelope. Friends, I truly believe the only way that some of these Democrats are going to win, that we're not going to take the House and keep the Senate and keep the presidency, is if voter fraud is allowed to go on unchecked. Well, let's hop over here. Before I get on to my dad and, and, and Corona, Let's listen to what Joe Biden had to say about the about the coronavirus. I, I think it's pretty interesting his numbers here. What's that? A hundred and twenty million. <laughs> and this guy wants to become the president of the United States? Are you kidding me? One hundred and twenty million people have died from Corona. Oh my gosh! The fear mongers were correct. This is, this is a catastrophe. This is Armageddon. This is the end of the world. 120 million. Can you imagine if President Trump had said something like that? Oh, my goodness. He would not be fit to run for office. Yet this is Joe Biden. And it's actually a, a pretty consistent Joe Biden. He, has a, he seems to have a very hard time running, rubbing two thoughts together to get him to come out in the same sentence. I think even now 
he's having a harder time getting one thought to come out accurately uh, in the same sentence. And this is who the Democrats think is their best chance of becoming president on the Democrat side. <laughs> oh my goodness. Let's just show this. I, I, gotta, I think this is pretty interesting. While I was in uh, Arizona listening to, I think, the greatest president that we've had since Reagan and possibly even Abraham Lincoln, uh, listen, li listening to him speak with a crowd of thousands of young people that within a matter of two weeks decided to go to uh, the Dream Center in Arizona and show their support for this president. While he was there uh, sharing some of the message that you're going to hear right now, Obama finally decided to get out and do a video with his good old friend, former Vice President Joe Biden. But it's a look on Barack's face as Biden is trying to make sense of anything that uh, kind of shows me why, why Barack probably didn't want to do any appearances with Joe. Disruptive impacts of technology, strengthen the global health security, stop, stop the cold war future that we're talking about. We're talking about a, cold, a peaceful cold war. What are we talking about? And you know, today he's with Obama, President Obama. It only took him how long? A year and a half to endorse him? What did it take, a year and a half to endorse him? Even after he won, he didn't endorse him for a long time. Now, there's another question. I think we have a, a question coming up uh, uh, now from someone else. Is that true? Am I correct? Hi, President that? Obama, MVP Biden. My name is Flor Garcia. I'm from Seattle, Washington. My question to you is, what are you going to do to make the healthcare system more accessible to people of color? You're an ICU nurse, aren't you? Is that what I was told? <laughs> I'm sure he was also told that this is a recorded video question. She's not with you live. It was a recording. He couldn't even remember that uh, when he tried to ask her, somebody that had been on a recorded video, if, uh, if she was an ICU nurse. Friends, the fact that Barack has stayed out of it, I think, speaks volumes. The fact that Biden can't hardly rub two, two words together in the same sentence and make them come out accurately speaks volumes as to who we need to support during this upcoming election and all the House seats and Congress seats, uh, all the Senate seats. We need to support those that support this president and his, his America First policies. Now, like I said in the title of this, we are winning. How are we winning? Big immigration win at the Supreme Court for President Trump. Yes, we are still winning. While there is so much chaos going on, friends, there are still good information to come out. As with many laws and procedures which have been in place for decades, President Trump's legal team has been inundated with filing, responding, and reacting to lawsuits. The lack of coherent, ironclad immigration system, uh, the, the, uh, the uh, lack of uh, a coherent, ironclad immigration system, open borders, and free legal help paid for by Soros uh, has been a major contributor to much of the unrest in our nation. The Supreme Court has been unpredictable lately, uh, so anytime rulings come in in which benefits President Trump and his administration and his policies and his agenda, it is a breath of fresh air for the embattled administration. The SCOTUS again overturned a Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals decision ruled Thursday for the Trump administration in a key immigration case, uh, determining that a federal law limiting an asylum applicant's ability to appeal a determination that he lacked, uh, that he lacked a credible fear of persecution from his home country does not violate 
the Constitution. Only former President Obama's two confirmed justices, uh, Sotomayor and Kagan, voted in the minority. The Trump administration was seeking to expand their authority so that the people detained anywhere in the United States and up to two years uh, and after they got uh, they got here could be quickly deported. It's important. That's important for those people that want to try to come here. On Tuesday, a federal appeals court threw out a, ju a trial judge's ruling that had been blocked, uh, expanding the policy. So that is winning, and we are winning some more as well. And then I'll talk to you more about my dad for those of you that are still on here interested to hear about how he is doing. Thank you guys so much. Common sense in D.C. President Trump wants federal hiring to focus on skills over degrees. I appreciate this so much. President Trump uh, has been anything but conventional in his approach to governance. From his decades of uh, construction and building skyscrapers, it is well known he would reach out to workers on the work sites and even taught his children to learn the business from the foundations up. In several union trade jobs, the workers actually earn more money than middle white-collar managers down the street. Skills, work ethic, and loyalty were more important to the, to the success of the business than the degrees on the wall. According to new uh, to news reports, Donald Trump, President Donald Trump, is preparing to direct federal government to overhaul its hiring to prioritize a job applicant's skills over a college degree, administration, and industry officials say. The executive order expected to be signed today will outline a new direction for the nation's largest employer of 2.1 million civilian workers, ex excluding Postal Service employees, set to take place during a meeting on the board that advises the administration on work policy. I, I so I so agree. So too often, all too often, somebody that has a degree, they get complacent. They say, well, I've, already got, I've already done the work, I'm, I, I should get this job, and then they can stay there. Uh, meanwhile, you have other individuals that may not have that same degree that are working harder, that understand it takes hard work, continued hard work and consistency to actually uh, get the job done and get it, done, get it done right. And the president, once again, is acknowledging that and uh, uh, and that is good to hear. So for all of you that are wondering, my dad, uh, I'll tell you the story. I was actually in Arizona. We had just finished listening to the President of the United States. I then got to go to uh, a dinner with uh, Don Jr., Kimberly Guilfoy, Charlie Kirk, and several other amazing individuals. Had a great night. I was hanging out with some of the uh, friends from the Falkirk Center, uh, Jenna Ellis and Ryan Helfenbein uh, are among them. And I got a phone call from my stepmother, my dad's wife. And she was distraught. She was crying. And she said, your dad has, has COVID. I had spoken to my dad, actually FaceTime him on Father's Day, last Sunday. And I was asking him how he was feeling. Uh, he was actually in bed. He'd been in bed all day. He was, uh, he was diagnosed with something else that's, that's pretty much minor, but that had totally zapped his energy. Uh, he was in bed. He was having a hard time talking. And I said, you know, they test you for, go for COVID. It's not that. He said, yes, they tested me and it's not that. So uh, a few days go by, this is now uh, Tuesday, uh, this is now Thursday evening, and uh, I get a phone, I get that phone call, and she said, well, he is actually in the hospital uh, with COVID-19, but because of the other issues that he has, and I won't go into details, again, that's his medical, medical stuff, uh, because of the other things, it does make him uh, at a lot, lot higher risk for covid so the good news is, I, I, I flew the next day, uh, that was Friday, it was yesterday, I flew right here to California. Uh, he's quarantined, they're not letting anybody inside to see him. My stepmother's also quarantined. 
Um, the thing that I've been hinting to you about that uh, I'm gonna, I can't wait to bring you information from Mike Lindell. Um, I actually was able to bring some of that to them and uh, get my got my stepmother on it. Uh, the good news is they said that my dad is responding well to the treatments for the other ailments that he's battling and fighting right now. His strength is coming back and recovering, and he should be released if nothing changes uh, either later on today or tomorrow. So please say a prayer for my dad. David Sr., say a prayer for my dad that his body continues to respond, that he recovers, and that he's able to go home. And then once he goes home, uh, the, the thing that I've been talking to you about, the extract that I've been sharing with you, that is there waiting for him. And he'll be able to take that, and the news from the news from that should be uh, should be solved. Uh, all the I can't I, I so cannot wait to bring it all to you, but I should be doing a video with Mike Lindell very very soon, and all of the reports on this extract have been phenomenal. I mean the results have been to the to the one hundred percent working. If I again trying to speak very trying to say what I can here, but the efficacy, the results have had a 100% um, rate, success rate for, uh, for COVID. So again, that is, uh, my, that's waiting for my dad. He should be coming out hopefully in the next day or two, say a prayer for him. And uh, all the more reason for you to uh, be thankful for every single day that we're given. Be thankful for every single day that your, your family, your loved ones are with you. Hold them tight, hug them, tell them that you love them every single day because uh, again, I was pretty distraught. Uh, again, because my dad is in that high risk category for some of the other issues that he's got. And uh, but I'm thankful that we have a good God. He's, he's, he loves us. My dad's nurse was praying for him, was, was uh, praying intently over him and uh, was definitely the right person to be uh, his nurse. He's a minister. He's a preacher. So uh, anyway, it went a long way to give peace to his wife, my stepmom and, and the family. But it was a hard few days. I, didn't, I hadn't said anything or posted anything about it. But uh, I wanted to hear some good news first, and I heard some good news today. So hopefully that stays. And I'm so thankful that uh, Mike Lindell was able to get me some of what I'm talking about that I can't wait to bring to you all. I will be able to tell you all about it as soon as it's released. But the studies on it, everything has been absolutely amazing. It is truly a game changer for not just us in this country, but for the world. So thank you so much, Mike Lindell, for going out of your way to make sure you could get me some of that. While I saw him there in Arizona, I was hanging out with him as well. And then I was able to fly here and bring that to uh, to my dad and his wife. Um, and uh, so that's a huge blessing. So thank you, Mike Lindell. Another reason to just support MyPillow.com. Use the code David when you do. I love his sheets. I love his mattress topper. Uh, I've got some of his towels coming. That's the only thing that I hadn't been able to get yet. Uh, but I've heard they're also amazing. But I love his pillows, his sheets, his mattress topper. He's an amazing patriot, amazing individual. Use the code David at MyPillow.com. You'll not only, not only be blessing and supporting him, but you'll also be blessing and supporting me and my goal of bringing you true, no-nonsense news. So God bless you, Dave. Thank you so, so much for choosing to spend a little bit of your day with me. Please hit the share button right now if you haven't already. Hopefully one of your friends or family members will, will hear something on this show that wakes them up. TGIF, God bless you. Have a great rest of your week, a weekend, and we'll talk to you all on Monday. Bye-bye.